Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Are you ready to say goodbye to February and hello to March Madness? It all gets started this week with the Big Ten Tournament and Madison Square Garden. Joining us this week to discuss that and much more is the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Porton. First, a few news and notes to get us started. A very few notes, actually, because John and I covered a lot of ground today, and the interview runs just over 30 minutes. Now, we didn't talk much about football, and other than recruiting, we've been focusing on other things this winter. But on Wednesday, we'll change that. On our February Michigan Man Extra, and yes, I know, it's the last day of February, but better late than never, we'll have a first-time guest with us, Max Boltman, a fine writer from the Athletic Detroit who covers Michigan football. Spring practice is just weeks away, and there have been a lot of staff changes this winter, as you well know. So Max will be with us to talk about that and much more. What a great time of year it is on the Michigan athletic scene. Both the men and women's hoops teams will be in action this week at Madison Square Garden. Mel Pearson has hockey surging and in the conversation for an NCAA bid. Wrestling has had a stellar year in the Big Ten that is so loaded. This week's Big Ten championships at the Breslin are kind of like a mini NCAA tournament. And for those of you longing for warm weather in baseball or softball, both of those teams are already in action. We can't forget about swimming and diving or gymnastics. They are also competing at elite levels this winter. So much to talk about. And John Borton and I do our best this week on our game day segment, which is up next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us on our game day segment this week is John Borton, editor of the Wolverine magazine. It's uh, been a while, John. Great to have you back. It's good to be back, Mike. Always good talking Michigan athletics with you, and uh, it's an exciting time for a lot of these teams. It certainly is, and there is a whole heck of a lot going on on that athletic scene right now. Let's start with basketball, John. Uh, Michigan, so very close to a double bye in that first round of the Big Ten tournament this week. Instead, they were fifth, uh, of course, and uh, get the winner of the Iowa-Illinois game on Thursday. Do you like that matchup? I do. Michigan's 3-0 and against those teams this year, and I think they can uh, very well handle either one of them if, uh, you know, they play at all like they have been. And uh, a 20-point win at Maryland is a, is a pretty good sign. Michigan finishing up very strongly at uh, Penn State and, and at Maryland to get to 13 wins in the Big Ten. It's interesting that they were edged out for that double by by Nebraska because uh, the only game between those two at Nebraska, and uh, that was really Michigan's one big letdown on the road this year. They played a ton of games in a short span, and I really think they were a little fatigued at that point, and that makes the difference in uh, having that uh, Thursday off in the Big Ten tournament and having to play, but 
I don't think John Beeline minds it. He sounds like, uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather get going again, play, and, and just move on through. And if uh, last year is any indication, he can get a team ready to do just that. Well, and you look at the brackets that came out last night for the tournament. What sets up is very interesting is if Michigan gets by either Iowa or Illinois and Michigan State takes care of business, we could have a huge matchup. No doubt about it. Uh, I think Michigan would have to uh, get by Nebraska and play much better than they did against the Cornhuskers, but uh, you are looking towards steaming down the road at a Michigan-Michigan State semifinal, and I think that's, if I was to guess right now, I think that's exactly what you're going to see, and that becomes very, very interesting. Obviously, those two teams, having played just once this year up at the Breslin and Michigan winning that game, Michigan State, uh, which is surrounded by a lot of questions that uh, Tom Izzo doesn't want to answer right now. Uh, and, but they are very motivated to have a big tournament season and to get back uh, to uh, one and one on the year against Michigan. So, But I guarantee you, uh, Michigan will not take Nebraska lightly at all, and they can't afford to uh, because... I mean, that was that was a very lopsided game uh, down in Lincoln. And uh, even given the, the uh, circumstances that I mentioned earlier, Michigan was in a tough spot then. I think they're much better than that. I, I actually think they're better than Nebraska, but uh, that's not one that you can take for granted or it's uh, they're, they're never going to make it to that semifinal. No, and I didn't mean to uh, leapfrog uh, Nebraska <laughs> first, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michigan has to take care of uh, two games before we can get to the uh, the Michigan State game, which would be on Saturday. You know, last year, John, it became clear in February, I think to most of us, that Michigan would go as far as Derek Walton Jr. could carry it. He was playing just so very well at a high level. You have to have a go-to guy when you get to this time of the season. Right now, that guy looks like Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman. He has certainly saved his best for last, hasn't he? Absolutely, and he has just gotten better and better and better. And here's a kid that came to Michigan without a lot of hype and without as many teams looking at him as uh, he and his dad in particular thought should have. So he came to college with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He was a very good high school player. Uh, but he has gotten better and better under John Beeline, is uh, able to see the floor better than he did when he came in. He's built up his assist totals, but uh, he showed against Maryland the kind of game that he can have with all those threes and the 28 points, and he just led in every area, including rebounding. So uh, this is a kid that uh, you want the ball in his hands toward the end of games, too, because he can knock down the free throws to close it out. The interesting thing here is uh, he is very good, but he is by no means the only weapon that, that Michigan has to close out games and to uh, to really give you that huge game on any given day. You, you're looking down the stretch, Duncan Robinson hits six threes in one game. You know at any time Mo Wagner can step up and have a really, really big game. Jordan Poole, the freshman, is coming on and, and playing extremely well. They've got a lot of guys that can contribute. And I think it's less of a situation where it has to be just, I mean, it, last year, if Derek Walton didn't take control and lead it, 
uh, you're going to be in trouble. And I don't think it's as, as much that way this year, but I think you're very right in identifying Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman as uh, a guy that can really get it done. And that's not to overlook Mo Wagner. Most of us guessing he is off to the NBA after this season. But right now, John, I like where his game is. He he just looks mentally and physically like he is tournament ready, doesn't he? Oh, he's got a point to prove. There's no doubt about it. He is uh, he is a player that plays with a little bit of an edge and a swagger, and the, he he builds confidence around him. He starts hitting shots from outside and opposing coaches just throw up their hands because then what do you do? He spreads the floor. He pulls the big man out. He, he creates situations where then you've got backdoor plays and, and the guys that you would have closest into the basket guarding, uh, they've got to react and respond because uh, Wagner can uh, can do that can have that kind of effect and then you see a, a kid like that put the ball behind his back and drive to the basket he is very very dangerous and can give other teams fits defensively when he's on and that makes that that raises the level of confidence for the entire team a Sunday night I was watching ESPN BTN just to see you know what was happening on all of the recaps and the consensus when they were talking about Michigan, uh, seemed to be that we would end up a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. Do you think what happens this week in New York, for better or for worse, can change that? Oh, I think if Michigan managed to go on a run like it did last year, you certainly cement at least what you're talking about there. Uh, it, it would be it'd be a bad look to to go out early in the first or second game, no doubt. Uh, but I think they've put enough on the resume uh, with some really solid wins to win at Texas, to win at Michigan State, uh, these wins on the road uh, later in the season to uh, to be pretty solid in the certainly in the top six seeds. And um, but again, if you make a really strong run, they finish the season well, the regular season. You tack on that, getting to maybe the championship game in the Big Ten tournament, uh, then that committee, when it sits down, says, this this team is, really has it going. And uh, <laughs> they, they probably won't consider this fact, but uh, they can also throw in there, oh, and this is a team that's not going to have to vacate anything afterwards. Well, the perception of this Michigan team, John, has changed dramatically since December with both the fans and writers, especially on the national scene. I thought it was funny on Saturday's uh, telecast, one of the broadcast crew uh, went as far as to say he could see Michigan as a Final Four team. And I'm not sure about that, but it is the kind of team that we've watched all season that if they're hot, they could make a run like that, couldn't they? I absolutely think so, because... Once you get into the NCAA tournament, it's the seeding and how it falls and the upsets and who gets who and and various matchups. And John Beeline, uh, we've heard from coaches who say, please, if I get Michigan in the tournament, make sure it's the first game of whatever given week it is so that I have at least a few more days to prepare. Don't make me play Michigan on that short turnaround I win, say, Thursday, and then I have to play on Saturday, and I have one day to get ready because Michigan is a tougher team to prepare for given the system it runs. I just I think that um, Michigan has a very good shot. It is undistracted by all of the 
NCAA stuff that we are hearing out there going around. It is very focused, and uh, I think this team uh, can be just as good at its best as that team was last year. And remember, that team was one play away from getting to the Elite Eight and playing at an extremely high level at the end of the season when the Big Ten tournament and getting as far as it did. Well, absolutely. And I guess what uh, we're thinking, or I'm thinking, heading into the uh, to the Big Ten tournament this week, which is a, a basketball junkie's dream at Madison Square Garden, when we look at the Big Ten, are we going to get five or six teams in the big dance, John? I always lean towards more because uh, I just, I think that in the past, the Big Ten has proven that it is very good. I think uh, John Beeline addressed it recently when saying, you know, there are a lot of coaches in the Big Ten that have been around for a while, and they started out with pretty young teams like Michigan did this year. And it, there's been a growing up process along the way. And he says we'd, we'd be much better against teams uh, like LSU or like North Carolina now than we were early in the season. He says, I think there was a, there's a lot of Big Ten teams like that. And uh, so I, I just, I think, you know, you, you look at some of those teams, you look at a, a, a Penn State, and they had a little struggle right at the end, but they've been playing very well. They've played right with uh, the Purdue's and the Ohio State's teams that are eschewing for the NCAA tournament. And so, you know, I, I just, uh, I would, I always lean towards the higher number because it seems like, it always winds up that way. Very few times are you going to see the Big Ten cut short at NCAA tournament time. Well, it's going to be a big week, of course, with the Big Ten tournament, and then selection uh, Sunday is uh, a week away. So the Big Ten, just because of you know how it sets up having to move the tournament up a week, is uh, going to be sitting all five or six teams are going to be sitting quite a while, John. Do you think that's something that could be detrimental come NCAA tournament time? In those situations, it always depends on how it plays out. You say, uh, oh, they're, they're going to be uh, well-rested or they're going to be rusty, and that usually depends on how you play. I, I think uh, you'd rather go straight into it. Um, but at the same time, if you have a long tournament run, uh, then you do have that time to, to rest up and, and work on some things. You know, again, it's going to come down to, okay, that first NCAA game, if uh, they perform poorly, uh, well, it's rust. If if they play well, hey, Michigan is fresh and is, uh, or whatever Big Ten team it is. I, I don't – I'm glad that this is going to be a, a one and out in terms of setting it up this way, and it occurred that way to get Madison Square Garden Jim Delaney – uh, the Big Ten commissioner talked about that, and I, I don't think you'll see that in the future. But uh, as it is, as John Beeline would say, you make the best of it. Well, as we mentioned at the the top of the show, it's a very busy time in the Michigan athletic scene. We just talked about the men, but the women are in action in the Big Ten uh, with the tournament coming up uh, this week also. Coach Barnes Arico and her team were playing so well for such a large part of the season. And then in mid-February, the wheels mm, sort of came off for a stretch. Do they need a big run in the tournament this week to get into the NCAA tournament, John? I think they need to play well. And last year, 
tells them and forms and probably they're thinking at this point that you know you don't want to leave it uh, to chance and uh, and feel like you should be in but you're not and so yeah they've uh, struggled in the back half of the season and to uh, to lose three of the last five uh, you, you definitely want to play well and uh, maybe at least make the uh, the Big Ten semifinal uh, to uh, have that confidence that you know you're demonstrating okay we're playing well enough at the end of the season to uh, have very serious consideration. And I know it would be bitterly disappointing for Coach Barnes or Rico if they don't get in because this team, led by Caitlin Flaherty, who is so much fun to watch, if they can just get that groove back, uh, they're a team that can play with anybody. They've proven that through the course of the season, and I really believe that, John. Well, there's no doubt. Uh, you've got uh, Caitlin Flaherty, who is just uh, the, does everything for this team to uh, to be averaging 23 and a half points a game and uh, doing all the things that that she does with uh, leading the team in steals and uh, just a, a very very solid player in every way. I I, I think that um, it was. Uh, this is a this is a team again that suffered such a disappointment last year that it would be uh, it would be heartbreaking for some of these gals to turn back around and have another close miss like that. Uh, I just I just think that uh, Coach and her crew is expecting, hoping uh, to get back in, and um, and who knows maybe the powers that be. Uh, we'll look at last year and uh, and see a Michigan team that thought it should be in, almost made it, didn't make it, and uh, and says this time around, let's let's see what they can do. With us on our game day segment this week is uh, John Borton, editor of the Wolverine magazine. John, let's uh, talk a little bit of hockey. Uh, Coach Mel Pearson and his team have really been on fire in February and open tournament play at home this week against Wisconsin in the uh, two-out-of-three format. They have been a very pleasant surprise, John. Yeah, you talk about finishing well. I mean, it, it's, at one point this season, it looked like, okay, you know, Mel Pearson coming in, new uh, new coach, he's got to get his program established. They're going to have uh, a year that is not up to uh, necessarily Michigan hockey standards. And then all of a sudden you're you're finishing on a real tear to get a tie and a win against Michigan State to knock off number one Notre Dame twice in a row and then to uh, to sweep Arizona State here this past weekend. Uh, very very strong finish and Michigan delivering a statement that hey I mean you can you know we can we can play with the top teams in hockey and so you know. Tight games, uh, fairly low-scoring games, and uh, but but Michigan is uh, pulling them out. And uh, again, this is uh, this is another team that needs to to make a statement in the Big Ten tournament because uh, Wisconsin uh, certainly is uh, is a capable squad itself. Well, as you said, it's always great to be playing your best in March, and we've got the Big Ten leading scorer in Tony Calderon. Picked up his 18th goal over the weekend. Um, a young defensive court is getting better and better. 
But as Coach Pearson says, if you don't get solid play between the pipes, it just doesn't matter. And young Hayden Levine is really a big reason this team is on the rise, John. No doubt. Playing very well of late and uh, and coming on, it's it's so tough at this time of year because uh, that you do want you do want and need your goalie to be playing uh, as well as he possibly can because uh, he can carry you and and get you through games where you might be outshot you might be uh, the the play might end up in your end more often than it is at the other end and yet you get a couple of breakouts a couple of goals and uh, and a Hayden Levine uh, just goes above and beyond, but it's it's so uh, in that one and done uh, situation. Uh, it, I mean, you you you're looking at you need the, the the good bounces, but sometimes a goalie can create uh, some of the good bounces. He can make up for a lot of, like I said, a lot of. Uh, shortfalls or mistakes and uh, and when he is playing well then uh, then you feel like okay you know you has this, we talked about the confidence with basketball spreading throughout when a goalie is playing well that feeling permeates throughout the team well, and the good thing is uh, 16 teams get into the NCAA tournament and it might be close but at least in Mel Pearson's first year here we are have to get Wisconsin this weekend, make a nice run in the tournament, but at least Michigan is in the conversation for an NCAA berth, John. No doubt about it. I mean, and that's what uh, some of those big wins will get for you, to, to see them uh, do what they did down the stretch. Uh, and that's, it's, You can't uh, overstate what Michigan did against Notre Dame because if you, you start taking number one down, and uh, everybody's paying attention. Okay, we want to have a tournament, and we want the best teams in here. Uh, if you've got somebody sweeping, number one, not just in their own building, but at South Bend, uh, one of those wins, then you say, okay, you know, this is a, this is a team we better take a really hard look at. Well, another sport that uh, we don't get to talk about a lot or get give a lot of attention to, John, uh, is wrestling. But you look at the team this year, 11-3 and overall, 7-2 and in the Big Ten. In a Big Ten that is so good, it is insane, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's that way every year. I mean, you can be you can be 7th in the Big Ten and yet uh, certainly top 10 in the country. Uh, it, it It's and that never seems to change. I mean, it is so competitive and so good uh, that, you know, you, you are in a fight every single night. And uh, at Michigan, again, uh, you've got a team that is playing very well in the back half. Uh, you know, you're talking about six out of the last seven matches won, and the only one they dropped along the way was that very close uh 18-15 match against number two Ohio State. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is another team that uh, could make some noise. Well, this Saturday and Sunday at the Breslin Center, the Big Ten tournament will be held, and it's almost a mini NCAA tournament with so many ranked teams. And if you're like me, I am waiting to see if we get another classic heavyweight matchup or rematch between Adam Kuhn from Michigan and Ohio State's Kyle Snyder, former gold medalist uh, in the Olympics. 
that could be another epic showdown, John. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And uh, and Adam Kuhn is is one of those kids that uh, other other teams look at and they say, is is he still doing this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, because it just. Uh, uh, you, you get that in a variety of sports when somebody has been dominant for a good stretch, and and certainly Adam Kuhn has that ability, uh, and and is a big big factor for Michigan. Uh, you know the, the the type of rematch that you're talking about would be something indeed to see. And oddly enough, John, I think uh, this would be the rubber match. I think even though both of these uh, kids have been around for, as you said, what seems to be a long time. I think they have only met twice. I, I'm going to go with you on that because I don't have the, the numbers in front of me on that, and I'm trying to recall as well. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a special deal when you've got uh, two of that caliber that, uh, mm-hmm. that are going head-to-head. Well, it's going to be an interesting weekend at the, uh, the Breslin Center. John Softball just wrapped up their third weekend to play as we all look forward to spring. The ladies have been going at it for three weekends. They were down at the Longhorn Invitational. They're eight and six against very good warm weather competition for the most part. You know, not to worry because they're eight and six, because I think we might have a very special young lady on the hill, John. Freshman Megan Bobian. She's from my hometown, from my little school, St. Charles in Newport, Michigan. She has not been just good. She has been very, very good, hasn't she? Well, there's no doubt about it. Uh Megan Bowman, as you mentioned, has uh, as a uh, as a freshman is uh, is going to be exceptional. She's uh, she's four and one at this point, zero point eight three ERA, and uh, you know is is going to looking has Michigan fans looking forward to a, a very strong long career in a Michigan uniform. Uh, certainly, when the offense picks up. Uh, all of Michigan's pitchers are going to get a boost because right now they have struggled in that area. Four of those six losses that you mentioned are, are by shutout. And uh, it's it'll happen some this time of year. It does not usually happen this often to Michigan early on, but you got to score runs. And uh, so uh, there's, there's, the, there's two sides to it. Megan Bobian, as you mentioned, extremely strong so far and she's only going to get better and better uh michigan's hitting has to come along with that because uh they are uncharacteristically uh low in terms of uh, of a team batting average at this point at 243 and you know it's, it's, it it that also will improve but uh it's not it's not like they're playing these games in ann arbor and and uh you know in 40 degree weather they are playing down south and uh and uh the competition very good uh but michigan is used to more than holding its own in these early games as you said the bats will come around especially as uh, it warms up but but once again carol hutchins will have this team by april poised for another run at the big 10 championship i am sure of that there's no doubt about it (laughs) It's a tradition around here, and uh, she's, she just uh, keeps rolling on. Uh, I, I just can't say enough. This is uh, it's. I have to admit, it's one of my favorite uh, sports uh, to have been associated with to cover. Uh, so successful over the years, and they just 
they just absolutely find a way to get it done. And uh, and Carol Hutchins continually finds that next player, that the the next uh, Megan Bobian, the next uh, great pitcher, uh, great you know, infielder, the great uh, the great hitter uh, to uh, to carry this team and looking forward to seeing how this particular team develops. It is amazing how she's able to find these players. I know everyone, as I mentioned, uh, I, I grew up in Newport where she went to school at St. Charles in Newport, and everyone just could not believe it when she was in the eighth grade playing CYO softball that she was offered a scholarship by Carol Hutchins. So even that many years ago, Carol saw something that maybe a lot of other people didn't. Hutch knows what she's looking for, <laughs> She's she's seen uh, good pitchers for thirty years of softball, and uh, and I guess the great ones can stand out even at that age. And uh, from everything that she's done so far, that uh, Hutch's eye for talent is uh, is showing up full force. Well, the men were also in action. They got started a week later than the ladies, but uh, Coach Backage and his team were in the Tony Gwynn Invitational in San Diego over the weekend where they dropped three against some good warm-weather schools. They're off to a 2-4 and four start, but this team uh, had really a great campaign last year. There's a lot of young talent, a lot of, uh, especially on the Hill, uh, a lot of high expectations for this team and this program right now, John. Yeah, and uh, again, you know, the the, uh, the slow start is uh, no particular reason for panic in baseball because you've had some of these teams that they're playing against uh, have been able to be outside all winter long. You know, you play in, uh, you play in San Diego and you play against some of these schools that, uh, you know, it, it's Michigan's facilities have come along to the point that, that Michigan can hit all year and do all this uh, with the, with the indoor, but it's just not the same uh, as when you then get out and are playing outside and playing on uh, on regular fields in the sunshine. And uh, so it's you're right. I, I think uh, a slower start is half anticipated, but um, you know you you uh, it, it's a sport where Michigan wants to round into shape by. Uh, by Big Ten season, and so you know it's uh, you see some of these guys that uh, that are off to uh, to pretty decent starts, to Christian Bullock and uh, and Jonathan Engelman, and some of these guys that uh, have come out of the shoot hitting pretty well, and uh, you can you can throw uh, Harrison Salter in there. Uh, I, I think Backage is going to have a decent team, but uh, I want to see how it develops over the course of the season. And, uh, and again, uh, pitching will be a, a big uh, factor in this. Uh, they're just getting a few guys right now that they're, uh, they're trotting out that uh, have thrown pretty well. Alec Renard, Tommy Henry, uh, some of these guys that uh, are going to be counted on uh, certainly as things develop, but they've got a deep roster of pitching and, and other uh, and different guys will come along uh, as the season goes on. Well, this time of year, John, I like to give other sports their due, but it seems like football talk never goes away, as uh, we all know. So if we could close with a couple of your thoughts on 
some of the recent developments on the uh, the football scene as we are just weeks away from spring practice, starting with the departure of Tim Drevno at the end of last week. Could you say you saw that coming? Well, it was tough to see it uh, coming for sure because it was not uh, it was no guarantee that 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 was going to happen for a while. We thought uh, perhaps Tim Drevno, perhaps. Uh, Pep Hamilton, one of the two might be uh, not around after last season. It was uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, is looking to fix this offense, and uh, there's a lot of wheels in motion. Uh, they pick up Jim McElwain, and it looks like they're going to uh, shuffle duties. And, and you knew uh, there might be another shoe to drop but then you weren't exactly sure. And it looks like uh, the shoes to drop are going to be, well, we don't know for sure what they're going to do with offensive coordinator, but certainly McIlwain has been a very successful one there in the past with uh, Alabama and you in other places as well. But uh, you've got uh, Warner, uh, who is, uh, who was hired on as a, an offensive uh, analyst, he could move into that uh, that offensive line coaching spot. Very difficult to uh, to see a guy that uh, like Drevno, who has been with uh, Jim Harbaugh for a long time and has had great success uh, at uh, not only in college but the pro level. But yeah, a lot of shuffling going on, and uh, it's all with an eye towards okay. Michigan's offense simply has to be better than it was last fall. Well, spring practice gets underway in late March, so until then, there's more than enough good stuff happening on the Michigan athletic scene, so let's enjoy that. My guest today has been the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton, and as always, John, it's great having you join us, and we look forward to another visit soon. Very good. Good to be with you, Mike. Appreciate any time coming on. You do a great job. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, as I mentioned at the top of the show, John and I didn't talk much about football this week, but we'll make up for that tomorrow. Even though it's the last day of the month, we're getting our Michigan Man Extra out for you tomorrow. My guest will be Max Boltman from The Athletic Detroit, who covers Michigan football. For those of you wondering what The Athletic Detroit is, it's a new source of news that is subscription only. And you can get it on your PC or iTunes or your Android app. If you're a sports junkie, it is a must-have subscription. And they have some great writers like Max and Brendan Quinn, who is on the show with us on a regular basis here during basketball season, and I highly recommend it. I'm usually a guy who loves to read a lot, and online for free, I might add, but a subscription to the Athletic Detroit is well worth it. So make sure you tune in Max Boltman and I tomorrow for some Michigan football talk on my February Michigan Man Extra. Don't forget our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. That will do it for another edition of The Michigan Man. I thank each and every one of you for taking time from your busy schedules to join me each week. 
or at least every so often. I would love to hear from you, too. Suggestions, complaints, program ideas, kudos, really anything. Just email me at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That easy to remember. themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at themichiganman2. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until next time, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!